Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I am excited because this is my first podcast. Well, kind of really first official podcast. The other things have been turned into podcasts, but this is the first one that I actually said I'm going to do it. Um, so far, the name of it's going to be uh, the moon or bust because uh, I couldn't think of any other thing to say about it. And I had the perfect picture that I thought of when I when I was going to put the podcast together. Uh, what I'm excited about, this is April uh, 21st. We just said April 20 yesterday, which it took me a minute to realize what that meant. I'm going to talk to these guys about that here in a minute uh, to the subculture of the 420 people because there's always a number subculture something. And um but I wanted my first guests to be people that I haven't talked to in a while. I've never talked to one of them. And the other one, it's been a long time. And I had listened to their show and they're a lot of fun. And I thought it would be really fun to sort of pick their brains and pick their brains together like we were having coffee or whatever. And so let's see how it goes. And I am so excited to just bring them right in. Uh, the first guest I've known for gosh, a long time now, Jamie Dawn. You all might know her from uh, One to Listen. You might know her because she's now everywhere. Jamie, Jamie has gone from somebody that was obscure to me um, in the, like, probably six or seven. We'll find out if it's even eight years ago. And to somebody who took life and started learning it voraciously. And so, like, from not astrologer to astrologer, from uh, somebody that came in as a psychic and an advisor to someone who's a clairvoyant and someone who's educated at the mystery schools, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll talk, we'll explore her more, but I would like you to welcome with me, Jamie Don. Jamie, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. How long have you been with the one to listen? Seven, almost seven and a half years. Wow. Yeah, January twenty first of two thousand eleven. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad you. Yeah, stayed it's that been long. It's such awesome. a great ride. It I'm, has I'm been so thrilled, great. and here's to another seven more. Right on, girl. I love that. Now, Jamie <laughs> brought on. Jamie had done a show called uh, the Jane. Uh, it's a new dawn, and which is a great play on the the great Nina Simone song. And um, she came back, and she came back with this person. Uh, that none of us had known, maybe, or maybe somebody did. It was uh, G. Brian Benson. And they did, they put together a show. And I, you know, I, in fact, I was going to go, or do, Jamie, what's the name of the show? Let's Get Real Radio. There you go. Thank you. So it's Let's Get Real Radio, and it's on 1-2 Radio. And um, we'll get, we'll give all the plugs for it here in a minute. But then um, she introduces Brian, and uh, this morning, Brian, I knew Brian was going to come on the show. So, hey, Brian, I went and listened to your TED Talk, by the way. So Brian is like this. Aww. He's a um, he is uh, somebody that I'll let him tell you a lot about who he is. It's, it's kind of disingenuous for me to act like I know who he is. But I did hear his talk. I know that he's um, uh, he he has run in four Ironman competitions, which is not um, to be confused with. Uh, the superhero is that Iron Man too? Yeah. That, uh, so, uh, but it's it's a it's a marathon. I think people that do this thing called running, it's a sort of weird thing for me. And um, he also taught. He gave some inspirational talks. He's an author. Uh, his he is one of those that like Jamie that um, live their life in a way to constantly looking with a question of what is inspirational and what and how can I motivate my life and then convey what I've learned to the people around me. So if you would welcome, please, Brian Benson, or as maybe officially known as G. Brian Benson, if you are going to Google him or check out his TED Talk, which we'll talk about. Brian, thanks for being here with us. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Hello, Jamie. 
Hello, you Brian. met Jamie, I take it, right? You all know each other. <laughs> Not in person, but we're going to do it in a couple of days. Are you That's kidding? You guys have never met yeah. in person? Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I want to hear the story. Let's start right there. Jamie, let's hear your perspective. What's the what's the journey that led you into the to have this person in your ear? <laughs> so we'll start way back, many, many years ago. Yeah. It sounds like a Star Wars episode. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> in a galaxy, not so far That's away, right. called One Two Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I started um, a radio show thanks to you and Mark, and um, and it's been a wild ride. So through different transformations and changes, it started out with uh, it's a new Dawn radio, and then I changed it to the Jamie Dawn show, and and then last October um, I was introduced to Brian, and he sent me his bio, and we started talking, and I immediately was like, yeah, he'd be a great guest. I love what he's doing with children's books and and just inspiring people to live their best life, and and um, and one thing about Brian that I knew immediately was what you see is what you get. This guy is a no BS kind of guy. And um, it was a really wonderful, refreshing, because as we all know, sometimes you get enough BS in your life. <laughs> so it's nice to have, have that genuineness. So anyway, so um, Brian was my guest in October. And then he reached out to me uh, shortly after that, of course, to just say that was fun, you know, and I'm considering I'd like to put myself out there maybe and do radio. I haven't done it before. And at that time, I had already decided I was going to hang up my microphone um, because I just needed a creative break. I had kind of run, I felt like the show had run its course and I was like, okay, um, I don't know what, what else I can, it felt like I was just sort of blathering on about nothing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know that feeling. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so I needed a space, some spaciousness to reinvent. And, um, and so Anyways, after talking with Brian, and he said, you know, I'd like to do it, but I don't want to do it alone, and I'd like to do it with you. And I said, hmm, let me sit with this. Uh, I'm not going to say no. I just need to, I don't want to immediately jump in, because my first response is always, yes, of course, I'll do it, you know. And then right. I'm like, oh, wait, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. so, um, so anyway, so come December, um, we saw that a s- perfect slot had opened, and I texted Brian, and I said, what do you think? He goes, yes. And, of course, then I asked you, Mark, and you said, yours. And I said, great. Here we go. Nice. Are. <laughs> oh, that's great. And now, what was the part that I missed was how did you hear about him? Like, w- how did he come to I your consciousness? I think I reached out to her. Yeah, you heard of Jamie? Yeah, I don't know if it was through Facebook, a mutual Facebook friend, or, or you know, I've, I've, I do, you know, I've, I've been a fan of the 12 listen page and go and look at the horoscopes and stuff like that and so i, I I'm, I'm really not quite sure i don't remember how i, no, I first heard so jamie cool. but i think that she, i knew that she had a show or maybe i heard i don't know you know and i just so i reached you, out you extended it and and part of you what connected you in a way was is it like a similar philosophy where you felt like you guys had a certain kind of like vision of the world in a similar way was that part of it i think well, well, for me, real quickly, I think it just – I liked her energy and it just felt like there wouldn't be any – there's no ego involved between us. And, you know, it just felt easy and fun and, and she's – she's you know, yeah, she I drives know the bus really – she drives the bus really well. I'm a little more introverted and, I, you know, it's just – it's easy. I don't know. It's just for some reason it feels like a really good team for me and, and she fits my personality and – in, in some of her strengths maybe um, help some of my weaknesses. Well, you guys are, we'll talk about your astrology chart because I know a lot of people 
would be <laughs> um, remiss if or I would be remiss in my uh, duties <laughs> of people knowing I'm having a show and not bringing up astrology. <laughs> but, <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um, you know, I looked at your charts and, you know, just to let the public know, because maybe we'll be able to. Well, I'll just share them, just the three big ones. You know, Jamie, uh, which which I've, we all know, or a lot of people who listen to Jamie know, is a Cancer, a Capricorn rising, and uh, her moon is Libra. But what's really unique about Jamie is the moon and Uranus are, are together. So that means that there's a sort of outside-the-box thinker here. But also, you know, that Libra moon, I think, loves to maintain a certain amount of balance and peace. She doesn't, I don't think you're a big drama queen. Um, at least that's ex- especially my experience of it. But when you come together with Brian, the Jupiter connections, and I don't know, Jamie, how much you're into Magi astrology or if, you, if you've if you've peeked your head into it yet, um, because that should be your next thing. Let me just say that. Um, and, hey, seed is planted. <laughs> there I have you go. Planted, I know, I know. I'm looking I got forward to it. <laughs> and I'm collecting the books that are very rare. So I'm going to try to get you one if you decide you want oh, to get into it. Great. But um, okay. you, in Magi astrology, you guys have a kick-ass connection. Let me just say that. Like the, mm. is a, you look for the these points called parallels and I don't want to get technical but you look for these things called parallels and when you do parallels you look for how far apart they are and zero is the most fantastic it's the tightest and uh, as opposed you can't get past the number two well you guys have this zero degree I've never seen it and it's been very rare to see a Jupiter and a Sun as zero like parallel which means they're exactly they to occupy the same point in space and whenever it involves Jupiter it involves a certain kind of like opening, as you know, it's sort of, it feels lucky. And so there's more, but you guys do have an affinity. And there is a, you, when Brian, what Brian was saying, I think, put into words what the chart was saying. And, and there's a lot of other things there. I won't, I won't bore the public with it, but you guys do have a connection and it is very sweet. And, and it's that connection that I wanted, the things that you guys represent in the world that I like to, to go after. Uh, in in a the spiritual context in a um, literal concept to keep things to keep things in as your as your show says real um, what and, I, and I'm just going to throw this question out and um, I was going to say Jamie start with you just what is the uh, sense when your person who puts yourself out there in a spiritual context and somebody who has answers what is the is there something that happens when your personal life does something different than what your public message is. I mean, does is that hard? And does it happen? And do, does that question make sense? <laughs> First, it does. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, <laughs> yes, very much so. As a matter of fact, it seems to happen almost every show because Brian and I will connect on like Monday or Tuesday before our Thursday show, and we'll we'll we share this Google document, right? And we're yeah. putting in our notes and ideas and all these things, and then the, here comes the show on Thursday, and it is completely off script. <laughs> <laughs> That's it is great. nothing like we had planned because we're, we're trying to choose a topic and kind of feel into the energy of the week and what do listeners and audience need to know and whatnot. Next thing you know, something goes to hell in a handbasket in my life and or or something exciting just happens. Yeah. And and I'm just like, hey, let's talk about this. And so in in my own um I guess, personality, I always try and find a way to make connection with Mm -hmm. what's happening, even if it's a disconnect or an opposite, like you're asking, you know, the spiritual world versus the the material world. It's like, I've, for me, that's that Libra moon, right? I've got to find that balance between them and find that connection. So that's usually what ends up happening. And then of course, I feel badly because I tend to talk a lot. So I, so here's Brian, I'm like, I ask a question and then 
then I sort of answer it for him. <laughs> no. I don't think Brian minds. I, I hear the show and I, I think it's like it always seems like appropriate. So there's a certain kind of read you guys give each other that seems appropriate. Not to answer for you, Brian, but Brian, yeah, no, no, okay. does that have what about you, Brian? Like the sense of like you're really out there. You got your book on. You did a TED talk uh, with the um, uh, it was a 15 minute TED talk. You guys can find it on YouTube. Uh, so you're putting yourself out there as somebody who is a, on a quest and, and learning and, and has a message. What happens when your personal life collides with that message and you're still like you're the public figure, but you've got this other thing? Do you feel a conflict? Um, do you feel pressure because the, you might have something going on on the inside that isn't quite fitting the outside message? Or does that happen? Or how do you deal with that? Well, it's interesting. I don't, gosh, my life is pretty simple right now. I mean, I, I'm not in that relationship. I'm just kind of focused on what I feel like my mission, my life's mission is. And, and it's been, you know, um, it's been a blessing in a lot of ways, but it's also brought up a lot of um, learning experiences for me too, because of, of expectations and, and the speed of it, you know, of, of the journey itself. And I mean, when I was three, I told my mom, I was put here to inspire people. And so, when I left my family family business and and I kind of accidentally wrote that first book and kind of got pointed in this direction, I, I remember that or she reminded me of that. And so it just kind of I know I'm on my right. I know I'm on the right path and, and, and everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. But early on, I kind of got lost a little bit because I started putting a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect and pious because I started writing self-help books. And, and they were for me first and foremost, my gosh, you know, and I guess I, I really don't have a lot of drama in my life. I mean, that doesn't mean it's easy. It's just that I, all the projects that I've done and books and short films that I've written and videos and stuff, they're all kind of just extensions of my growth process. So I'm trying to learn and grow at the same time as, as while I'm sharing it, but yet there's, it's getting easier because um, initially maybe I would just put just little bits out there, little glimpses. You know what I mean? I wouldn't share everything because there is a part of me that probably hadn't come to fully love and accept myself. And there's a part of me that, that is a little bit um, – I'm an outgoing introvert. So you know I, I'm, I can get along with everybody, but yet I need a lot of time to chill and, and I like quiet time. So um, more recently, I've, I've you know as I've really come <clears throat> into a, a place of really – accepting myself and who I am and what I have to work with and, 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 and really starting to try and enjoy the journey instead of map its progress and, and run into all that. I've, I've relaxed a little bit and I've also learned how to be just more authentic and share more of my struggles, which initially maybe I just put the rosy stuff out there. Right. And, and so, yeah, doing this show with Jamie has been very, very good for me and, and been a really fantastic part of my growth process is before I started it, I was really always been kind of, I don't know, afraid is not the right word, but just, I've never really been that opinionated. I mean, part of it is just because I really just go, go with the flow and really kind of believe that everything kind of happens for a reason. And we're all here to learn and grow. And so I don't get too worked up about certain things, mm -hmm. but yet I, I've always been kind of afraid to share maybe, um, more. And so this, the, the show has been great and Jamie's been great because she's so good at doing that and just gives me permission and inspires me to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So you like, the, the, 
is it okay to have a conflict? Is it okay to give advice? Let's say like, uh, you know, we're yeah. in a relationship that's really tough. Is it okay for us to give relationship advice, Jamie? What's your t- take on that? I mean, are we in, is it not, is it, do we have to be perfect before we dole out the, the opinions or how do you see all that? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at the word perfect because Brian and I were just talking about that, I think last week or the week before, about it's called a practice, not perfection. <laughs> right? Yeah. Life is a practice. You'll never get perfect. And I think that's been one of my life lessons so far is that I always strove for this perfection, right? You know, and it was mm-hmm. like, I have to get better and I have to improve. And and it's exhausting to live like that. So when it comes to relationship, I can give my perspective, I can give my intuitive and psychic info, you know, hits that come in. Um, but at the end of the day, one of the things I truly believe is that we all have our own inner wisdom. And I encourage everybody to listen to that. And that what I can do is become a mirror and, um, and maybe even offer another perspective. Cause I think that's one thing that most of, um, clients and friends and family and stuff will say is that what I'm offering is, is another alternative to what something they hadn't thought about because they're in the middle of their relationship drama or whatever. And, um, and it's just in, as I say to all everybody, if it resonates, great. If it doesn't let it go. So, right. And I think, go ahead, Brian, add add to that. Well, I was going to say, I've never, I've I've always been, I've always felt a little uncomfortable. I think I take the same kind of um, tack that Jamie does. I've always been kind of uncomfortable telling people what to do because we all have different lenses that we see the world through and different experiences to get to where we're at. I just try to share my experiences and it gives, if it gives them an aha, fantastic. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's a part of me that really doesn't like to tell people what to do. I might try to kind of guide them in a certain direction to help them, you know, own it themselves. But, but yeah. So it's well, like, one you, thing is certain. Yeah. Oh, so I was just saying one thing is certain. I believe that we all, if we, unless we live under a rock or in a cave, we all are pretty good <laughs> We we could say at least we are, um, I don't know if it's experts, but we're very versed in relationship because we all have them, whether they're, we label them good or bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so it's a- I think that gives us a perspective on as far as like, can we give advice? Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Is mean, it good advice? Maybe not. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I think, too, one of the things that I think about with this is sometimes um, all people really want, and this is just a personal opinion, I think, first of all, I think empathy is really hard to come by. I think it's really hard to be authentically empathetic. I think it's hard for somebody to put all their stuff aside long enough to give the person in pain, let's say, a chance to feel that you can receive where they're at, like just to understand it. And so um, from that place... I think it's great. I hear a lot of times uh, people in this industry feeling so much pressure to have a private life that they're struggling through uh, and at the same time presenting a public persona that is not um, like, are we allowed to keep our private? Are we allowed to have privacy? Are we allowed to have a life that struggles through a, a, a thing that's going on and have a public persona that isn't reflecting that now? I just curious about your opinions on that because I, I have one and I'll give it in a, in a second here. But let me just see what you all think about. Like, can we have a private life? You're a public figure. Uh, you're on the air talking about your journeys. And like, and you are giving sort of tips on on what satis what could be a satisfying life, or what's what's a way to look at life. And you're and you're also inquiring. But if you're going through something really intense, like let's say you are going through um, 
a, a legal battle. Like somebody sued you and it's terrible and you don't want to talk about it because it's ugly or whatever. And it's on the back end of your, are, is it okay for you to keep that private, Brian, when you're on the air being a self-help Absolutely. person? Absolutely. You know, I think it just depends on what it is, but being the, the type of person that I am, you know, I, I am, I have a private side to me and I, I definitely want to keep that private, you right. know, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and I agree. I, I mean, think it's okay to, sh- it. yeah, yeah, I think it's okay to share that, you know, I'm, I'm, that there's, I don't know. I mean, what you say, but that, uh, mm, I guess it just depends on what it is. And, and, and <laughs> no, it's okay. You're right. Uh, yeah, I, it's I think it's you hard to answer that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, no, you I think you can say I'm allowed to keep private. Tough. Yeah. You, you can say that you're going through a tough experience and, you know, maybe there'll be a time when I can talk a little bit more about it right now. But but now I just like you know to to ask you to send me your prayers and keep me in your thoughts and just um, know that you know we all struggle and and go through things that uh, aren't always easy. Um, I mean, okay, that's I great. find too, Same Brian, thing. that that when I am going through something big, I agree with Brian and and I would venture to say Mark would agree too that there has to be a little bit of separation between private and personal. Yes. I mean, sorry, public and, and private. And I think it's not because we're being disingenuine, but it is for me, if I'm in the middle of a pretty big thing, um, if I talk about it too much or I disclose everything that's going on, I actually disrupt my own process and I can yes. murky, the waters can get really murky or Perfect. I can get confused, you know, or, and, and also I don't expect others who are on the outside who have no idea what's really happening to solve that problem. Right. I know that's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I love that. And I also want to say, I'm one of those kind of people that some people like to maybe, grieve in public and have you know a lot of assistance and people coming out and hugging i'm more of a private person when it comes to going through stuff um Mm -hmm. you know i don't like a lot of people around i like to just spend time by myself and and process and just be with it that way no i agree 100 percent because i think that, that that's why i'm asking because i think we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to if if i'm telling you this like this is how if i'm telling the world this is what i do to find peace but i'm not at peace it still doesn't it doesn't discount the fact that th- this is something that w- when i do it i can find peace in that but it's also it reminds me of george takai i uh, he was solo um sulu on star trek the mm-hmm. and, and he's yep. j- wonderful he's wonderful to follow he's hilarious and i i call mm-hmm. it the george takai effect cuz he was on a talk show and i'm a big fan of his and um he said uh he started getting into william shatner pain and it changed. I was like, Oh my God, I got to remember this because it looked ugly. And it, it, he, it was like, no, don't talk about that. <laughs> like I, I didn't want him to go there. I didn't want him to have an issue with it. I didn't want him to talk out loud about it. Now, of course he has every right to, and it's good, but it, I made a metal note to myself. People don't want to hear that. People didn't want to hear Ellen crying on the air about this dog and feeling defeated uh, back in the day when she had lost a puppy or had to give it up or something, whatever. But um, I think there is a fine line of what people want to accept from us, which I'm glad about because I don't really like Mm -hmm. the idea of running to Facebook and saying, oh, here's my pain. (laughs) Send me your love. And I I don't see you all doing that either. So it was just really not that we have to be in the right brigade because somebody might find a lot of support in doing that and i want to acknowledge that but also 
I'm not one of those people that want, I, I feel like it dilutes uh, who I am in the pain. Like Jamie was saying, like putting it out there suddenly changes the, the nature of what my vibe is <laughs> that I'm bringing out. Unless I'm seriously having trouble. I, I, I've heard some hosts in the past, mm-hmm. you probably have too, Jamie, that are maybe cry on the air or maybe having a really difficult time. And I remember texting somebody I'll leave unmentioned and saying, stop crying, stop. Just stop. I don't. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it for five minutes on the air, and so I didn't know what else to do except be an asshole, right? It's like stop, and, or or tell people what you're doing, like to talk about it, like do something, but don't just sit there and cry. Like have the mic, and you're sobbing in the mic. And so I, I just had an issue. I just wanted to bring it up to see where you guys were with it, and it seems like we're all on the same page. You're allowed to have a private life. You're allowed to not be perfect in in um, what your solutions are things shit happens right i mean that's pretty much what you know something mark mm-hmm. the other thing that really um i'm i've learned over time is that well-meaning people try to take my pain away from me right and i i need mm-hmm. to sit with that pain i need that sadness it's mm-hmm. trying to tell me something and i'm not asking for you to fix it or take it away i'm just what i need is for you to just love me exactly where i'm at right yeah, and right. I think because because there's an arrogance, at least in my opinion, if if let's say Brian's upset about something that I start trying to make him, oh no, it's not really that bad, Brian. You know, it's like right. how do I know better than you? <laughs> how do I really know what you need? I just remember you sending you a text a m- couple months ago, and I forgot what it was about, and it doesn't matter. But I just I did that, and then I texted you back saying, you know, whoops. Um, Brian, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I like gosh, I didn't mean I to ask Brian, Brian. Don't do that. Oh. Are you? Yeah. Do you? So do you find that? <laughs> is it? Is it something that when you're, um, uh, when you're alone expressing your pain, like, is it okay? Like, let's say Brian did write you, and you knew. Here's what my trigger is: if I see somebody beating themselves up, oh, and I see what they're doing, that they, they could choose another way, but they're cho- like they're really feeling bad about something that they maybe don't have to feel so bad about. I might go after that. It just depends, but I don't like um, when I feel somebody. I just, there's a part of me that doesn't like when they're absolutely in it, it, horror about something that happened to them, <laughs> and they and they're humiliated or they're embarrassed. I like taking that pain away somehow. I mean, I like getting in there and saying, "Wait a minute, you know what's where's the so what in this?" And sometimes I feel like that it is <laughs> arrogant to do that, but I do like screaming that at people sometimes because well, I, I think feel, yeah, go I think ahead. some people just want attention when they do that, and so you can kind of sense the difference. Maybe oh, it's more good. of a, a codependent thing where they're, you know what I mean? They're yeah. just, they're wanting people to do that just to get attention. Yeah. That's that what people, kind of, I think people sometimes will do that when they are in pain and you give them solutions and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of them are going to work. That, that's those people. <laughs> but it's the people that I feel are, some people are horrified at something that's happened to them. Embarrassment. You know, the example is I used to bring this up all the mm. time. When you send a text and it's to the wrong person and you're bitching out the person, <laughs> you're complaining about the person you send it to them okay i've done that i've been mortified mortified right i just don't know what to do and so and and so instead of stopping doing that kind of behavior i came up with a defense to it which is like if you if that ever happens my only thing is you have to stand behind what you did like that's exactly how i was feeling i'm sorry it got to you i'm sorry i put it out there in words but that's where i was feeling. who i learned that from john who did the same thing sent a text he never rarely does it but i was pissed and he was writing me back defending me somehow and it went to the person that he was talking about which he never does and i said oh god john it went to them not me and he goes well all right so that's how i was feeling i mean he doesn't 
go backtrack on that stuff. And that's where I learned that from. So that's why I wonder where you guys, when it comes to people doing that, I feel like I can help, but maybe they don't want it. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's, it's always a fine line, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because, because yeah, I mean, if there's, there is somebody in my life who I'm extremely, well, my husband, so who I, right. who I love and adore. And there are times where, and he and I speak, we've agreed, you know, to speak very consciously with each other about certain things and call each other out when we're, you know, acting our shit out. And he'll go into that place of woe is me every once in a while where I don't feel good. And I'm like, I look at him, I say, we're not playing victim. The, the nails, the cross, the ladder, we're putting it away. We're mm. not going there. And so even though I'm not... It may not sound quite as sympathetic, if you will. There's a certain element of awareness that kind of jolts him out of that space. Right. Well, and you know, you have the setup. I mean, you have a Libra moon. And I I know most Libra moons that I know and Libra suns have a certain kind of um, ability to go to the scales, which is the inanimate part of them. <laughs> you guys have an ability just to step right out I of the emotion. I have to be careful with that, though. Right? That I know. Capricorn rising in me comes out, and Greg will call me the ice queen every once in a while. Yeah, he <laughs> won't well, be know. the only one, I'll tell you. Well, I'm around all that energy all the time. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> well, as you can say, that's interesting because I'm the same way. I don't really – Yeah. I, I don't I, – I'm very, you know, very feeling, and there's parts of me that are very sensitive, but yet I'm also – I don't get you put icy. You have the same much. thing Jamie has. You have a ton of air. Yes. You're Gemini. Like, I move through it. <laughs> Virgo slice and dice. I mean, you guys and you know both of your Saturns are saying like I ain't getting emotionally involved in this shit. You guys have an ability to get out. I, on the other hand, have been spared such things. And so, <laughs> but you know, here's a, here's another thing I want to push put out to you guys and see what you think of this. This is a theory that I think I made up, but I don't know. I believe how I feel after I'm with somebody. This is how I contextualize it. I believe how I feel after I've been with somebody is how they want me to feel. And I'm going to give you an example. I went to somebody's house years and years and years ago. Uh, these people, I don't know, they, they were very drawn to me, this couple. And we were in astrology class together, and they wanted me to come over. And I, every day they asked me, please come over. please." I finally went, and they had this stunning house. I mean, stunning. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I'm still living in one room, whatever is at the time. And I'm like, I'm not feeling impoverished. I'm looking at this. House. Oh, my God, the opulence, right? And so I left going home to my roommate. And I was like, I hate this place. I hate it. <laughs> okay. and, I, and, I went to say, and then I started on this journey about like, then I'd be with somebody and I'd go home and I'd go, God, I don't exercise enough. And then I'd be somebody and I'd be like, this feels uh-huh. really good. And I started putting it together that some of what we put out in, in, from guilt to uh, judgment to anything is kind of the, the way we might manipulate the world. And I, I, I wanted your all's opinion on that. Have you noticed that? Do you understand that? Have you, is it something you relate to? Any ideas on that at all for yourselves? You know, there's some real truth to that. Um, yeah. And, and I think it <clears throat> goes back to that fine line that, that we walk because in our reality, I, I like to leave a person or a place better than when I found yes, them, you know, yes, or when yes, I yes. met with them. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't always happen. But that that's my intention that drives me. And, um, and I do notice that I could walk into, let's say, a home like you're describing, and I could I could feel really good about myself and then end up leaving going, God, I, I don't measure up to that. Right. So I get that. Yeah, mm. there is a, a certain element. Um, that's so good. I'm going to sit and chew. I'm going to sit and chew on that. Please do. Too. That's good. Because I tell people when they go on a blind date, 
to watch not what went on in the blind date. Watch what happens to them when they're in the car going home or on a date, yeah. any kind of thing. Just what, what are you doing on your way home? Are you hating yourself? Are you hating on yourself? Are you like feeling whatever? Probably going over the date, you know what I mean, right? Going yeah. over it a little bit and saying, you know, just observing yourself and right. I mean, yeah, kind of and you might, but I know dissecting. for me, I'd be like, oh god, I, they they dressed so nice. I need to da 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 da. I would do something like that <laughs> if if the person had a certain. I learned later it was co- that I want to think of it as coming from them. That's exactly what I was supposed to notice. I was supposed to notice the impeccability of their dress, supposed to notice the judgment they carry about people who don't take care of themselves. And I started thinking, now I went to an astrology conference, Jamie, you know, astrology conferences, like many conferences, astrologers are some arrogant little, they're just some arrogant <laughs> little fuckers, right? They walk into really? the room. Oh my God. I think anybody, like imagine a scientific community and there's the left brainers and there's the right brainers. There's the intuitive astrologers. There's the ones who's like, oh, I calculate this to the minute or I do my technique and da da da. And so you're walking in this room and let me tell you, we're all doing it. I'm putting it out there like, you you fuckers don't know nothing. Let me tell you, because I'm in, in my head, because that's my defense, right? So I'm imagining everybody doing that and then it's like i leave those things in such like ugh, and everybody goes oh i hate going to those and then we all go to them and it's and i I, you know it's an example of like the group mentality doing that but it's just something to keep an eye on and see if you notice it more and more about how you feel when you leave a place versus um the times when you've left a place and felt very welcomed and felt very loved or supported or something that you felt good about who you were not the behavior of the other person not it wouldn't even have anything to do with their behavior it would have to do with what you're leaving with and for the world to pay attention well, to that go ahead yeah right. yeah well yeah i was gonna say i i can um relate to that a little bit with oh just a few people that i've i've encountered that maybe are kind of in the same field that i am and, and they're having some success there's a sometimes i can get um, <laughs> you get triggered a little bit because I feel like I should be further along than I am, right? And you know what I mean. And and but you know, I'm getting it's getting easier and it's getting better. And I'm, I I know exactly where I am is perfect and it's all going to be fine. And it is fine. I mean, I'm so much abundance in my life in so many different ways. I'm just I'm really just focusing on on that right now, and so that helps. But I have definitely been triggered um and you know after encountering someone or meeting with them or doing a book fair a book fair or something just you know and then i you know definitely kind of um what am i doing wrong you know what what can i do better it's just you know you stuff up sure that leads me to that question of why is it so important for us to be validated by whatever we're (laughs) seeing on the outside world Mm mm-hmm I don't, I wonder if it is about validation or why are we constantly pressuring ourselves to be different or why are we yeah. reading the outside world for feedback so much? Why does it matter? <laughs> why are why are we looking for that reflection? Because it seems like it is con- like I do that with like when the secret came out and we had been in this <laughs> industry forever and everybody doing the secret was like I got my board and it was like and I'm sitting there hating on it because it's like we've been doing this for a hundred damn years and <laughs> the other side of it is and look what we learned from that which was like. All we ended up doing was making people who got sick wrong and all and we ended up making people who aren't healthy bad. And it was like, oh my God. So then the secret came out after we had already come to that conclusion and my arrogant 
feature went way to the roof. And, and it was like, oh, and anybody would talk about the secret, I'd roll my eyes like, ugh, been there, done that. Like, arrogant as shit, I'm telling you. you know, it's a terrible part of me, but I am not denying the fact that that little shit comes up when I'm talking to people about something. I'm like, oh, my God, they, I just heard them ratting on their father for being sick. Well, he always said, you know, the, that joke killed him. And it did. <laughs> what? <laughs> so we have to find some balance, right, between the, is, the, is it a loving universe? Is there a universe? Is it loving? Is, if it is loving, why do we have to be careful what we say? You can take this thing pretty far. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it's just something to toss up. And it, it's great fodder, right? It's good for party talk. <laughs> New age party talk. New age party talk. <laughs> I was gonna say new age. I can tell you how many people, are t- you know, will look at me like I have th- five heads in at least in Richmond, Virginia. When I go into some of those conversations, right? they're like, because um, they're very happy in their in their world the way it is, you know. So here I come and go. Well, it could be this, and it could be that, and it could be, you know, what if? And and it's like maybe something bad happened because bad things happen. Maybe that's. Just yeah. the way it is. See, and that's you know? your Libra moon gets away with that shit. That is so cool because you can smile. I'm the same way. Something... It's all part of the learning growth process, it right? Is. I See, mean, and you both have that air. People have this ability <laughs> to tickle people, make them laugh, and then like you're basically telling them your theory is totally wrong. But you're laughing with them and you're having fun. But you left going, yeah, maybe another way to think about it. And then they leave the party going, I feel awful about my life. No, I'm teasing. They don't. Okay, <laughs> listen. It's, I it's, would never want to hurt. I know you would never do it either. I know. Listen, you guys, let's take a <laughs> let's take a, 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 a three minute break. Well, the audience may not even know because we'll we'll edit out the break. But this is Mark Husson, and we're listening to the first show of the Moon or Bust. Uh oh, I think I pulled out my microphone. So hang on, I pulled out my headphones. No big deal. Uh, and my guest is Brian Benson and Jamie Don, and we're going to take a really quick break here and let everybody refresh up for round two. <laughs> You guys really, oh, if you right. want to take one, feel free. Okay. I'm, I'm you go, okay, okay Brian? You're good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. good. This is Jamie, fun. You're good. You know, I was going to mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no I was going to say, you know, you asked why, why are we like this? I mean, love is, you know, our, our core, and that's, you know, we come from, but yet we're planted with an ego here, you know, and it just. Think about um, that, though, Brian. Let's take that to a really simple place because this is where I love having these talks. How do we know love is our core? Is it just what? Where do we know that from? <laughs> Is it just, just, a, it's just feel a, it? It's just a feeling. I mean, you, when you meditate, you're getting back there. I mean, it's just that warmness. I don't know. It's hard. I just, I just. Would Hitler know. say that about himself? <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Like when we say no, that. No, I understand. I mean, yeah. I think, yes, uh, we've got everything inside of us. But I, I, I just think, I just feel like the universe is a loving energy. Okay. See, and I get that. I can be I with it. I love it. No, it's not. It's you. You don't usually meet people like me going. Now, wait a minute. Let's dissect that because people <laughs> like to believe that they're in a loving thing. But when you really look at it, how loving does this place really feel? And how you know, it's like this <laughs> is like there's loving. I'm saying where we came from is. Oh, okay, know, good, just... good, good. See, that's good. That's a great distinction. I love that. And so. Uh, that your basic philosophy is we came from love and what would be the goal? Why would we come here? What's, what's happening here on the planet? Just as an idea. I mean, and if you're on the spot with it, just bypass. I'm not it. a scholar by any means. Just, just, just to learn and grow to, to, ex, I don't know. It takes, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I know what I'm feeling and I, it's, it's hard for me to put it into words. Sometimes yeah. I run into this problem the show with Jamie, but, um, where Jamie does such a great job of explaining things. Uh, well, it's just annoying. With her. 
<laughs> and that's why she's with you too. I think it's nice to have people going, you know, I'm not sure, but let's look at it because it helps us yeah. slow things down from a point of just superstition to a point of like, what evidence do we have? How are we banking on this? What are we doing to, you know, and what would happen if we lost that hope? It, so I get it. I think it's really important that we hold a certain um, ideal and an ideology. Uh, Jamie, do you do you ever get into that hook about like how is it loving? You can't had a very religious upbringing, didn't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can honestly tell you, I have tied myself into a hundred knots, mm. and my my cynicism tends to take over lately. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to, I know what I feel, but my feelings aren't the only um, data point. I know what I was raised in, but I don't embrace that. Um, I hear what um, other people believe in and and how they express themselves. And I mean, as you as you know, my Libra moon kicks in, and I'm just I can see every perspective. There's five sides to every coin. Thank God. And <laughs> I mean, it's helpful. And, um, and you know, I'm going to put it out there. I my latest belief system is that we are put here to evolve, which is something I, I've always had, but it's more so that we can get into an awareness to continue to bring this uh, planet into a unification so that we can now venture out into the solar system and into discover other life forms that are out there and to we're no longer identifying ourselves just as, you know, male or female or uh, racial background or whatever. We're earthlings. Mm-hmm. What's we're the point, together what's the point of the spirit in that then? I mean, if are we look, if we come from love, if you buy that, I don't know. If you come from love, what what is there more to learn? I mean, like, why are we? What's the exploration uh, about? Okay. I, I've thought that myself. I don't know. I mean, so here, here's my cynicism. <laughs> okay, okay. Your show today. I get to be the cynic my... too. It's okay, Brian. You're right. We're there. It's good. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, okay. What is love? That's a very broad definition. Okay. Um, it's a very layered word. Is it a thing? Is it a feeling? Is it an expression? Is it a cre- divine creator? Whatever it is. I tend to have a lot of matrix mentality around mm-hmm. it. That, mm-hmm. And I, I, when I was going to, through the airport yesterday, I um, made a joke and I said to my husband, I said, boy, whoever created us must think we're like this little ant farm in the airport watching us walk through. <laughs> I just had yeah. this moment, <laughs> you know. Um, so I know I'm sort of off topic about the whole no. love. Do I believe we come from love? I, in, yes, in the sense that something created, a creator whether it's our own soul, whether it's a higher power, whatever you want to call it, we incarnated, our spirit decided it was going to have this ego form and um, to, for a purpose, to do something. And I believe we all matter. We're all here for a reason. And, um, and that the reasons vary based on the individual. Okay. You know, I can. I just want to throw this out there, and I know you know we all dabbled. You hear CA a lot in the Course in Miracles, but let me tell you their theory. Their theory was there was one source called love. It was just love, and it extends because love just extends. It extended itself, and that was the second part. That's like this sort of extension of love, and that extension had this momentary idea that it had this imagination like what if i was separate from this love thing and in that very moment this is what the course in miracles mythology would say in that very moment uh because we're uh, able to create the way that original love source did we created a sense of fragmentation like we we split off into a billion fragments and uh had had this moment experience of being separated from that love now the course would say 
it then became a guilty thing. We felt that we had done something wrong. We felt that we had separated from it, that it was real. And that guilt catapulted into more and more and more uh, us being here, feeling that, uh, that God hates us, that we, and that's why so many religions look to God and say, look, we're right, you're wrong. And so they, they have a great mythology around it that sort of like basically answers the question we, that we did this, that we sort of created this out of guilt and we hang out here out of guilt and that we became eventually afraid of that sort of source love. And so at one point we'll wake up from the stream. You mentioned the matrix, the course of miracles, people love the matrix because the idea was we had a dream that we separated and this is the dream. And so we'll wake up one day and realize, oh, you can't separate from that loving source because it's the source. It's the one thing that is most powerful. So it's a fun thing to play with. It is a, it is a, a, a good explanation in terms of like if you play in that stuff but it is fun to also look at like the circular thinking about being here of a lot of people will say well the christians created heaven and hell who wouldn't think that this is a form of hell already i mean this is and mm -hmm. we're in a pretty good position i mean the three you know, yeah right i mean there's there's hell, the hell. and so <laughs> it is sort of a fun thing to think about why just why did the souls have to create this way if there are souls so i ended up joining this thing called freedom from religion just to be full disclose fully disclosing because um I wanted to see what it was like to sort of throw away the belief systems, just to sort of say, okay, let's, if the truth is the truth, it'll be the truth when I die or when I won't, it won't matter what I do with it in mm -hmm. terms of here. So let me just be as in the moment as I can about if I, you know, want to extend some kindness to somebody, let's not do it because there's a scoreboard that's going to take care of me when I die, but more because it feels good for me to show some compassion for somebody else. But anyway, it's a thought and fun to think about and go ahead yeah well i was gonna say you know you're hitting on my philosophy that i've said for years and <laughs> when i say it some people are like eh, what? but i believe in everything and nothing right it's it's that simple it's like what i believe mm. in i believe in love i believe in in kindness and compassion i also believe that the ego is not bad i if we don't have ego we can't have this body Right. We, because there's a form, there's a substance. But I also believe that we've gotten so over, overly identified with it and attached to it. And that's where the hell comes in, if you want to call it. Because right. we, we're so, it's like, oh, if I don't have this, then I won't be happy. And so we become so attached to it. And, and so I, anyway, so my belief system is this is what works for me in this moment, it may change. And what works for somebody else, like you're describing, of, you know, being kind because it makes you feel good, I think that's perfect. Yeah, if it does, absolutely do it. But not because there's a big scoreboard. And I used to no. do that. Like when the guy Brinkley, uh, Damien Brinkley died, uh, Saved by the Light or whatever movie they made about him, he died, he was a mean guy and he died and he saw this review of himself and he comes back and Alita had him on her show, Damien Brinkley. And, yes, um, right? Damien, Damien, I think. That's right. And he, um, yeah. but he said, you know, you go through this review, you come back and then he started being nice well when we read that i was like playing with john and, and we had our store and i go "Ooh, i'm gonna go help that person because you know that's gonna look good in my review and then we go and we make this big joke about "Ooh, that's gonna look good in my review because you review your life he kept saying you review it when you go and the, the, the second time around when he died it was better it was less painful because he didn't the review was he was more nice and then the third time of course he's still here but um, so an idea just to play with it. But I do make fun of it. I do th find it really interesting that we sort of manipulate what goodness is. And people play with that all the time. I think that's where let's talk about Doreen Virtue. 
please. And um, do you know what happened to her? I mean, you know that she went from New Age Queen. I read to, about it a couple months ago or something. Yeah, so she went from New Age Queen to to judgy uh, born again, um, and she's really in, being embraced now by the by the Christian right. Uh, or whatever you want to call them, the fundamentalists. And what happens there? I mean, is it that we suddenly get so scared that there, um, that we, you know, that we suddenly have some part that is so dark in us that we're so afraid it will it will hurt? We were going to go to hell, really? Or you have any idea why somebody embraces? Why is there such an embrace of religion in our culture? I mean, maybe I'll just throw it out that way. Any ideas? I, I could speculate a hundred ways over as to you know, why, if you will, and and it would really only be speculation because over time you'll you'll be able to understand maybe somebody's motivation. But, um, you know, I think where Doreen went really wrong is that she disparaged people who um, really spent a lot of money on her. Yeah, made her rich. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and she disparaged um, – all the work that she had set up and it was almost, she just totally turned the back on everybody and everything and made everybody who followed her feel like a fraud. Right. Now I was never adoring to a fraud follower. Right. And she, and part of that was, I just didn't resonate with her. Right. Um, so I was not as invested in what was going on for her other than listening to people who were genuinely, uh, hurt by her, which made me very sad. Um, as far as why somebody embraces religion, I, because I think that's a number of things. I can only say it from my yeah. um, personal perspective. Obviously, I was raised in, but my father needed religion in order to feel worthy to be alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he was, you know, he was seventeen, and when he went off to the Marine Corps, and at twenty, I think it was twenty or whatever, he found Jesus, and it works for him. And my parents are one of those fundamentalist Christians; they really are, which yeah. and they're lovely, lovely people. They live their values. I will say that for them, whether I agree or disagree, they do live their values. Yeah, there are a lot of people who um, I know who are Hindu or Buddhist or whatever, they're not living values any more than these fundamental Christians do. And I think that that's what it goes back to is really being able to, um, if you say you're, you are believing in something, but you're not actually expressing that or, or embodying it, then it's hard for me to believe anything at all for you. Yeah, or can you believe something and not have to go make sure everyone else agrees with you? Okay, like it sounds like they're fine. They have their belief that's very deep. It's devoted. They they follow it, and they they might talk to people about it, do whatever. But to me, that sort of like hatred of people who don't agree, or the you're going to hell kind of concept if you don't agree, or you know, whatever. I think that's. Well, what, I will say they they do have that belief. I mean, they pray for part. me. Yeah, they pray for me every day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they wish you would day. convert over because they're afraid your your soul's going to hell, kind of thing. Yeah, they okay. think I'm a backslider. Okay, okay. <laughs> but but at the same time, for whatever reason, it gives them comfort. I mean, my mom cornered me not too long ago and said, "So, how do you use Jesus in your work?" Wow. And that was a very interesting uh, conversation because I don't necessarily follow the Christian belief system, but I believe in the teachings that this so-called master embodied, which right. was compassion and love and doing the right thing and healing. Well, I would have well, said I had bread and wine before every show. 
that count? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's great. No, because that is embodiment of love. And I think it's very sweet that you can answer that. And she did it in a way that doesn't, you know, just like, you know, where her heart is. And I get that. And I'm not defending that one way or the other. But here's the thing. It's like, why can't if you don't believe in something like my favorite bumper sticker around abortion, if you don't believe in abortions, don't have one. Why can't it just be that? You want to believe in God, believe in God. You want to believe in hell and heaven, believe in hell and heaven. Why is it the make wrong and the need for approval and, and, and alignment that people, like we have to group it together. We have to join in a group that also thinks like we do. And we polarize again. It just, it cracks me up. Brian, was your family religious? I grew up going to an Episcopal church. Um, but a bit... <laughs> You know, not just they not, not terribly religious. What's that? They weren't fundamentalists. Like no, Jesus. no, no, not at all. And you know, I my I don't. They're all really wonderful, loving people. My my parents are divorced now, and my dad got remarried, and 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 it's kind of interesting. I, maybe he picked it up from his wife, but they're they're definitely more religious now. And he's actually <laughs> chatted to with me. He, he gave me a book one time, you know, and it's just. I just said, Dad, you know, thank you, but I, I believe in what I believe in just as much as you believe in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, That's so nice. what else? Was that hard for him? Um, no, no, oh, we, we get along great. You know, we get along great. Um, you know, I don't think my mom goes anymore, but but she's a wonderful person, volunteers all the time. So she she lives, you know, in a very positive, loving um, existence and and. You know, you know, it's funny in, but, a, in, a, in another culture, we might say the person who went to church, we might say, but they're really good people. <laughs> it's the one who doesn't go to church. <laughs> oh we go, God, but she's really a good person. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, I just I get frustrated with the whole power and mind control thing. And, yeah. you know, and you see it, see it in cults and in the variances, different religions. And, you know, I'm, I'm right here. I live, you know, just a mile, mile or two away from the Scientology, some of the main Scientology um, mm. centers, and it's just driving by. It just, mm, I just, I swear, right? wake up, wake up, wake up, wake <laughs> up, and it's just they, they have so much influence and so much money and so many people. Just, I don't know, I, I, I don't get it, but um, wow. I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy Nine Gates Mystery School, because I know there's a lot of uh, stigma around mystery schools, and there are some out there that are um, cultish. But um, one of the things that Nine Gates, uh, that we don't do is we don't ever tell anybody what to believe, and and we don't follow a leader. There's no person that we devote our our, – time to we you know we don't have all kinds of crazy so let's go into that a little bit jamie what is a mystery school it's um so this mystery school in particular they started um back in ancient egypt and greece and they were schools that were developed to um bring initiates through uh an awakening process to um help them uh whether it's an awakening of the mind or the spirit or the body um to give them an opportunity to be better in the world. That's the simplification of it. Um, this particular uh, mystery school that I belong to is based on the Egyptian um, mystery schools. And so we bring mm. in um, teachers from all over the world to teach ancient tradition. And tradition really of what, what Jamie? The, like, what's so an ex- like tradition of religion, we, spirituality? 
Yeah, spirituality practices, we want to equip people with tools for living an awakened life. In other words, what I, all that pithiness to say, we call it nine gates because we're working with nine chakras. So, this, the, mm. so we bring in the chakra system. Mm. Um, and the first, so we go from one all the way to uh, nine, which is transpersonal. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we add in the high heart. So we have tradition with, we have Celtic Druidic for the first gate. We have um, African for the second. We have Native American for the third and Sufi for the fourth, which is the heart. And then we come back after a five-month period and we start back in the heart with Christian mysticism, and which is really more Eastern philosophy right. of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then um, Hinduism and then uh, conscious speech, and then Buddhism, Tibetan, and Egyptian. Okay, so oh, how, did, how did that affect your relationship to the world? Like, what? how does it make you a better person? Just how did it make you better? Not as a quiz. I mean, I'm literally serious. How do you feel that supported you in your life? What was different when you came out? Well, first of all, it validated me okay. um, in many ways. It helped to heal a lot of my past wounds from religion, uh, from Christianity in That's particular, big. because it was very big. Because the mm -hmm. teacher, Cynthia Bergeau, for Christian mysticism, she said, Christianity has gotten a bad dogma, bad, bad stigma because of the dogma, because of the, um, you know, heaven and hell scenario and that sort of thing. And so she really brought in the idea of um, what's called kenosis or letting go, what Christ was really embodying, um, and that com deep, deep compassion and that love. I mean, talk about heart expansion. Um so that was one thing, was great healing. And then validation that, because I used to always say different doesn't mean wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time growing up with it's this way and everybody else is going to hell. And I kept going, but this person is a really good person just because they wear something on their head or they bow to the earth five times a day or whatever. Why does that make them bad? You know, yeah, and and so this helped to heal a lot of that yeah. for me. Awesome. And then and then I keep going back to staff because um, I, the teachings deepen, the teachings become more living inside of me, and uh, I find myself to be mm. kinder. I find myself to be more aware, and it's from that place of awareness that I can make a choice, and the choice for love over my own. Uh, I'm taking something personally or, you know, shutting down or whatever my condition tendencies mm -hmm. would be. And then, um, of course, my book sort of got birthed from all of that. Mm -hmm. so, oh, tell, um, what's the title? Revolution, Evolution? Wait a minute. <laughs> Evolutionary Revolutionary. There it is. There it is. Uh, yeah. And, I, and it's it, a great title. Nine Gates, Nine Gates has taught me how to own who I am and not apologize for it. And, so, uh, and you, it's ongoing, right? Your mystery school Always. studies are ongoing. Okay, that's amazing. They are. They are. We actually are starting an esoteric school this year. We're launching the esoteric uh, school, which is going to do a, we do a lot of work with um, non-duality in the esoteric school. Nice. It sounds like you're really um, you've embraced it. Like you're actually like almost at the center of it. Like that you are now a part of the school. Are you like? You know what I mean? Is it like um, um, you are? I'm staffing yeah, you're the staffing. mystery schools, That's and then perfect. the esoteric. I'll be the staff director. <laughs> Knew it. I love it. Good for you, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. It's good. That, that's awesome. And Brian, what about your journey? Is it? Is it like? Do you have something like that that Jamie did? Like where you went to a, 
a certain center of study and, and ongoing, or is it just life? Well, I think it's life, but I've always been kind of interested in, in, in self-growth. Um, I mean, I, when I was in grade school, I remember my parents, <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they were, they, we went to church and stuff, but they, they were open-minded. I think they went down to LA in the seventies and did this breath, breath school and, um, you know, just a few other things. Was it like rebirthing? It wasn't rebirthing, was it? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't really don't know a whole lot that about what they the did day. there. But yeah, that's good. okay. Well, it, it could have been. I mean, I remember Lindsay Wagner was part of their group and oh, and, and a couple other actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they had me listen to affirmation tapes when I was in grade school. That's uh, that and, is rebirthing. That's Sandra Ray. I wondered if you okay. were affirmations yeah. included. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So I would just um go into the living room by myself with the lights off and just listen to them, you know, and just, I was open to that. Um, and so since then, you know, I just, I've done all the reading and, you know, I've done a lot of different, hmm, course, not, I wouldn't say necessarily coursework, but just, you know, I've gone to, to, to seminars and workshops and, and done some unique different things yeah, and yeah. tried different things. So I'm, I'm open. I mean, ultimately, you know, some of it resonated, some of it didn't. Um, but ultimately I just kind of, I just, I don't know. I just go to the church of Brian and I just, I really believe that it's already inside of us. And so I'm just trying to kind of unpeel right. the, the parts of me that, that, um, don't serve me. Right. You know, well, what, and, how would you define what does, what's one of the things that you would love to like, what doesn't serve you? Do you think And what's a trait well, that you feel doesn't serve you just as a secondary question, yeah. not even a follow up, but no, 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 of course. Well, it's really important. I mean, I'm still real. I'm, I'm way, way, way better than I am, but I'm real still trying to fully love and accept myself. And, um, so would you, you say know, criticism and time... is a big one in you? I don't know if it's, I don't, I, my self-talk's really good. I don't criticize okay. myself. I think it's more of just maybe not believing I'm worthy to be doing what I'm doing or whatever. I mean, I, I Jamie, I mean, Jamie would never say this, but I'll admit it. Sometimes after our shows, I'll just, I'll feel bad. Like I didn't carry my weight or I, I just didn't really offer anything, you know, and that's that stuff creeping in. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. so it's, if somebody was to look at all the stuff that I've accomplished, you know, in the last 10 years or throughout my life, they go, there's no way in hell that guy suffers from that. But yet I'm just, I just follow my intuition. So that's been a blessing, you know, so I'm not afraid to step out of my comfort zone, but yet I'm, it's almost like. I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm worthy by doing some of the stuff that I'm doing. Right. But at the same time, yeah, at the same time, you know, the books and the shorts that I've done, short films, they are just extensions of my own growth process as I'm trying to convince myself that I'm enough or what have you, you know? So it's, it's You know, let me just say something better. about your chart there, Brian. Yeah. You have, you, yeah. you came in with, you have a Virgo rising and you have Uranus and Pluto both in Virgo at the very front of your chart. Um, that's a Mercury ruled chart, which means that, and you're a Gemini and you have, um, so the, all this Mercury, all this thinking, all this uh, stuff. And it, you came in questioning whether or not, um, the outside <laughs> world was going to like, I think on an unconscious level, it's a, a real thing here of looking for the sense of who you were based on the outside reflection around you. And if you came into a, a, a lifestyle where let's say the parents were more, um, on some level more interested in their own lives as a bigger piece of it, then, then you're just not as a judgment, but more as if you came in without that reflection of who you were and the gifts you have, you'll, you end up walking through 
life, I think, with a lot of questions. But here's the thing I want I just want to plant out there. First of all, a lot of people if you all ever get to learn the Enneagram or, or, or come across the Enneagram, a lot of the personality wounds that they talk about, there's a there's a type that is um, doesn't recognize the presence of themselves and the difference that the presence of just, it's like the observable electron in quantum physics. When you're in the room and you're in the show with Jamie or you're having a dialogue mm -hmm. here, or you're the space, what happens to the room because of you that you may not ever notice is the 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 quality of you has an impact it, it deepens it as based on the quality of you so people like you and this is just a and i think you 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 might be a nine so check out nine on the enneagram people like you hold a space a loving space of of um for the action to happen and so sometimes what happens in that is that it gets overlooked and so their wound ends up being um, wondering if they made the contribution or if uh, if anyone saw it or if they could. And so just keep that in mind because I wanted to make a note that your contribution to the show with you and Jamie is it's right down the middle. I mean, it's not the same show without you. It's not the same show without Jamie. But it's the show with the both of you exactly as you are. And that's not to pep, pep talk you. It's to recognize that <laughs> there is a place that yeah. you have um, that a lot of people don't realize the difference that the pre the, the observable person makes and the hold a space for um, like th there's a constant awareness of those people being there. Those people, though, don't have a, um, an objective reality to say, did it make a difference? Because it's never acknowledged, often not acknowledged. I just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people like you who um, who their presence makes the giant difference. And they have no and yet they were taught it's about what they can create. It's about what they can touch and show and the observable things but it's those unobservable things that i think make a big difference so just tossing that out not to put you on the spot thank but... you for saying that mark oh good because i'm going to jump in because Yay. that's exactly what i think hopefully have communicated to brian after he and i will talk <laughs> after a show and he's like oh i don't feel like i contributed and i said you being there holding that anchoring me so oh. i don't fly away so that i have somebody that that it's i can so that maybe taps me on the shoulder and says hey Slow down, right? Because Jamie, you're you know? really Jamie is different, Brian, because you're there in a in a in a fun way. Yeah. It's really she because you hold and I, again, I don't like this because it's like we're spotlighting you and like there's something that you need oh, to be convinced okay. of. But the yeah, idea yeah, yeah, is there is a nine on the, the there is a number on the enneagram, and I'm serious that I have friends like that that are just they're invisible. They think they're invisible. They actually can turn invisible in the room like all night while we're holding the space. But with a the minute they leave, yeah. the the bubble pops and it's like. God, oh yeah. my God! Right, this is like we need you back. So anyway, I like that, Jamie. And your Jamie you. is always aware of that stuff too. Like I, you're Jamie. You've become like I, somebody. That I feel I, very appreciated by her. Oh yeah, she's good at that. Acknowledging what she what makes a difference too. I and you two have an exchange on your show. I hope people get to listen to it. It's, um, it's. Thursdays, no? Thursdays at 9 or? Yeah. Thursdays, Thursdays, 9 a.m. Pacific. Okay, Thursdays, 9 a.m. Pacific. You guys got to check out the show because what these two do is they get authentic in front of you. And it's the title of the show is absolutely perfect. And what I've noticed you two do is you you come playing, ready to play. And you come ready to, to work and do, and, and it's almost like you're going to do it in front of people. And I've, it's, it's a addicting show. It's fun to be in the audience with their show because they really engage you with good questions and thought-provoking ideas. And so anyway, I, I love that. And I just had to put that out there because I hear the Virgo in you, in your voice um, 
uh, Brian, and I and the and I have a ton of Gemini friends, and so you can hear the <laughs> what are they angering to, and it's just it's good to be able to say that out loud. What is your position? Thank you. I'm jumping into a new topic really quick, but Jamie, let's start with you on this. Just to, I have my own guilt of putting Brian on the spot, but um, <laughs> no, and then I'm no, going to no, ask no. you, Brian. No, that's okay. I, I just can handle it. I, I know you can. I know it's me. I can't. <laughs> um, but Jamie, <laughs> what is karma it, it, to you? Is there karma? Does it exist? And Brian, you're next. So have an answer in your head Jamie what do you think (laughs) so it would be I would be remiss if I didn't adopt the word karma because as you know Lord Karma rules my chart (laughs) (laughs) explain that Jamie what's that mean well so Capricorn rising, Saturn is my ruler, there you go. Okay, and there you go. colors my t- plus. I have Saturn and uh, my Sun conjunct in the sixth house, yes. and um, so everything I do and touch seems very Saturnian. Um, so let's just say karma is a biatch. <laughs> <laughs> How do you define it, Jamie? What do you th- what do you define it as? Is it what goes around okay, comes so- around? Is it deeper than that? I feel that there is a certain element of what I, the cause and effect. Um, I, I really struggle with the whole punishment reward system, you know, because I think that's where karma goes into those places of like, well, if you do this, then this will happen. And so then it becomes this Pavlov's dog scenario. And I'm, I struggle with that. Um, so for me, what I found with karma is what is the impression that I am offering or leaving. And, and so that impression will have an effect on whoever or whatever is there. So okay. for me, that's what karma is. Okay. And so do you have it as a, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. let me get Brian's take and then I'm going to throw this out to both of you when yeah. you're done. Brian, what do you think karma? Do you believe in it? Is it, is it real? Do you have a definition for it? If you do. Boy, you're <sighs> It's not like I don't believe in it. Yeah, but, uh, sure. You know, but I don't think about it at all. I just <laughs> I no, just I love that live my life and try to be a good person. And it's the last thing that's on my mind. Okay, so what is it? How do you define it? That's that's the big thing. What is the def- definition well, of karma to you? Is it that what goes around comes you know, around? I mean, maybe, maybe you know, whether it's in this lifetime or another lifetime, or I don't know. I mean, I think early on when I was learning and trying to. You know, just just understand things. You know, you, you, it's probably one of the first things that you read. You know, karma. You know, and, and you know, you just you can maybe learn to believe that something that might have happened to you this this time was from something you did a couple lifetimes ago. But you know, I just mm, that's just too heavy to even think about. I just <laughs> all you can do is just all I can do is try to be the best version of myself, and that's all I try to do. Right. I mean, I really yeah. feel like I'm a loving, kind person, and I'm not would never want to do anybody's ill will, you know, and, and I just try to just, just, it's not always easy, but I just try to just. Okay. Yeah, I get person. that. I'm <laughs> always curious because karma is a big yeah. thing that people talk about. And I, yeah. you know, I'm a total. Some people and, may, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think maybe some people use it almost as an excuse or, or you know what I mean? You or think? just Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They yeah, do. It, You're it, right. It, it, I don't know. It's just. It's almost yeah, and, and and you just what is that karma? Well, there's a saying I was going to try to think of, but never mind. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll shut up. No, I think that okay, so good. I we're on the same page there. I I don't believe in karma because I think what happens is I um, we have no con we. Have, 
if we believe in it, what happens is we end up giving ourselves permission to make an assessment so that people go, that person is so awful, it's going to come back at them. And that makes us feel better. But we don't know that person. We don't know, did they steal the bread because their mother was sick or whatever? I mean, right. So, right so we've, we attribute all this, the law, like we're allowed to give the tickets out of judgment, judgment. because we mm-hmm. see it as like that person being bad or good. And so in a way... If there is karma, it would be to me the the immediate effect of your behavior. The immediate effect. Like, do you feel guilty having done that? Did it does it eat you? Does it consume you? Um, possibly that. But uh, for the most part, I people use it like it's a it's a way to replace heaven and hell. It's a way to replace the good scoreboard for us. Like you're, yeah. that's a good deed. You're going to go to heaven for that. And it, so everybody gets to and like, responsibility. Sometimes. That's right. Oh, right. Well, you know what? It also offers a sense of a false sense of control. That's right. Of like, well, I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Therefore yes. this should happen. That's and right. we get so attached to an outcome then. And that's why I say I struggle with it because it goes back to that. Like you're describing that heaven and hell or that reward system, do this. And then this, and then this, <laughs> and it gives people. So, and then the people, that who are then get to be martyrs because I am so good and I've given up everything and look look what I get in return. It's like shut up, <laughs> you still have a house. I'm gonna take that. No, just teasing. But I, I do think it's it is a thing that we. I guess that's what I would say when our ego or our brain gets a hold of anything. And I used to say this about myself. People would say, "God, you're incredibly psychic." Well, this is, this is an example, and I would say, "Oh, I am maybe," and then I'd try to like be psychic i ruin it the minute my ego gets a hold of anything it's like it has to be like i'll ruin it i will it's like oh you're really good at that oh yeah i am and then i do i go oh i'm gonna make that really and then i'm like oh god i suck at this and so i've i've learned the hard way like just get your brain out of it it doesn't matter do what you do and whatever but it's just it was a great question for me to ask go ahead brian Yes. Well, Jamie made a great point about the the control thing. And for me, I'm that's really what I'm really trying to be self-aware of now is just enjoying the journey and let going of control because I really started to try to control stuff. And that just weighed way too heavily on me. And it just it ruined it. And so maybe that's another part of me that's just just I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to stay away from that. Well, well I'll say one thing that the practices that um, that I'm working with right now are not only working with letting go of control, but moment by moment choices. Mm. And c- instead of trying to come back to, and, and I'm not trying to take business away from myself when I say it's not about the future, <laughs> but, it's not, but it's not about the future. It's about this moment in time. What am I choosing? Right. Absolutely. And you're, so, and you're with people on, like, even if you're doing stuff about the future, you're still in that moment deciding yeah. how to bring it down. You know what you two have in common? Jamie, you're Saturn, you're Saturnian, you have Saturn next to your son, you're a Capricorn rising. Brian has everything in the 10th house of Capricorn. So it's like, yep. that's another place that you all connect. Um, so I think that's uh, just saying there's no coincidence in why you guys are working together. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I looked up on the internet just to see for fun. Um, and these are like, these are like the kind of quizzy questions that are just fun and they're just in the spur yeah. of the moments. But for example, um, Brian, are you a hunter or a gatherer? Wow. I'm a little bit of both. I think I'm I'm turning more into a gatherer. Okay. It's like letting things come to me. I mean, early on, I would try to kind of force things, and it didn't really work. You know what I mean? So I've yeah. learned I'm a very, very good manifester, and a lot of things have just kind of – 
just uh, just happened to me because I put myself in the situation to be ready for them, and and they just you know maybe and I was I don't know what have you, but so I guess I'm more of a there's a part of me that is really just letting go. So I'm more becoming more of a gatherer. I hunted and now I gather, right? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jamie, what about you? Hunter or gatherer? I'm still a hunter. Yeah. I think I'll always be a hunter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you I, better answer hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, and this goes back to trying to own my stuff, right? It's like, I'm a creator. I love to create new things. I'm learning the responsibility of nurturing what I've created. That mm. was something that hit me last week. It, it's, I know it sounds very basic and profound, but it's like it, most of my life I've been really good at hunting and passing off the responsibility to somebody else to to nurture it. Mm. I know that sounds strange, but it's like I'll nurture it for a little while. And like, okay, I'm done. Next thing. But, you know, squirrel. I, have I resonate with that. <laughs> you, also, you also have so, Saturn so and Cancer. On, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm working on really – nurturing not being long suffering but nurturing and yeah. and gathering but i'll always be a hunter that's, that's nice. what drives that's me that's perfect um brian what's the last gift you got from somebody not oh like my. i mean in any way you want to answer that like doesn't have to be a physical like, gift no it doesn't matter either way how would you answer that question well probably a compliment and and i trying to do a better job of receiving compliments. So probably a compliment. Okay. And what's the last gift you gave? Oh, I give compliments out a lot. I give books out a lot. I, I, uh, <laughs> daily. <laughs> okay. So compliments, right? Books I'm a giver. Okay. Uh, Jamie, what's, what's the uh, last gift that you got from somebody? Well, this isn't to kiss y'all's ass, but it's being, <laughs> really being a part of this because my yes. I can already feel my energy has raised and it's in, I'm in such a good place just mixing it up. I love sitting with both of you. So that's oh, a gift. You, that's this so sweet. much. Yeah, this is a blast. This is yeah, really Me too. Cool. I, you know, we all have that Gemini connection. I have Venus and Gemini too. And so we, we're all sharing that little connection thing. I love it too. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. What about Jamie? What was your last uh, gift that you gave? Believe it or not, uh, it's being fully present with you. Okay, that's the last. That's, awesome. that's the biggest thing because I have a tendency to distract easily. Nice. So being able to be fully present and not worry about the phone or not worry about what's happening, you know, yeah. back home or whatever. Yeah. Being oh yeah, present. you're you're in California night right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, that's good stuff. And so, Jim, just I want to so, change my answers. Go ahead. I second both of what Jamie said. Me too. I get that part. That's funny. I love that. Okay, so if if we were to steal your smartphone, what's and and opened up your whatever Spotify or your playlist, what's what song would be playing like that you had just stopped before the show? Any Brian? I'm really on this huge Avet Brothers kick. Avet um, Brothers, okay. Yes, I went saw them in concert about a month ago, and they're just—they're geniuses. Their lyrics are amazing, and they're just—just just very high vibrational. It's I been very. It. Um, How are you spelling that it. for the public listening in? A V E T. A V E T T. Okay, that's awesome, okay. Jamie. What what would be on yours if we stole your phone? Ah, uh, I got onto a Callum Scott kick. The okay. reason. Oh, okay, okay, and so. You, how do you do music? Do you listen to the, do you listen to your favorite song over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> or how do you all do it? Jamie, well, I have you? a playlist. I have a playlist that I do. I'll just hit shuffle, 
Okay. And, um, and yeah, I'll re-listen to certain words. I was big into Rag and Bone not too long ago. And yeah. so I just find various artists. And today I'm going to honor Avicii who died yesterday. Mm. Uh, listen to some Avicii. But, um, yeah, and I have my, I use Apple. I'm an Apple girl. Okay. And are you, um, a, a lyrics person or a melody person? It depends on my mood. Ah, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so just depends on what I need. It at that moment. varies. It goes in and out. Brian, do you have a preference, lyrics or or melody? I think I'm a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes it, it's just kind of been maybe been the melody, melody. But the the guys that I'm listening to now, I mean, I just have really paid attention and and really enjoyed um, their depth and and uh, their authenticity and, and what they're they're saying. And, and so yeah, both. But yeah, both. Okay, and then um, so you guys, I'm just running through some of the questions I put down. That um, you you you're making an impact in the world. You have you, I, I would assume each of you have a goal, a purpose. I'm not sure. Do you do your life like okay? There's an end. Res- there's an there's a um, an end to this mean that I'm doing. Do you have a like? Is there a place where you will go? Okay, I did it, or is it ongoing and forever just unfolding jamie ah <laughs> uh, i would if if i understand the question mm-hmm. if i get to the last breath of this lifetime and i can say i was successful at something it would be that i've been i've lived life to its fullest i've embraced it without fear mm-hmm. oh okay and you feel are you feel like that's a something you've accomplished or that's something you hope no. to accomplish it's it's a day by day practice it's a practice uh, i mean i have moments where i i am certainly embracing without fear and other moments where my fear stops me from saying or doing things. So, okay. yeah, but, but for me that that's, that's how I would feel like I did this, you know? Yeah. Brian, what about you? What would give you the feeling of, uh, is, do you have a mint an end in mind for the mean mm. that you're taking or is it just a practice day by day? Well, I, I think I've always kind of felt like what I was put here to do and I, and I want to do it, on a bigger scale, you know, and I, I don't think it's necessarily ego driven. I mean, yes, we all like. Doesn't matter. Be ego driven. I know, no, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, because everything I've done, believe me, oh my God, has been with, <laughs> with shaking knees. Seriously. I love that. I, I, it's not like I enjoyed going to speech classes and doing all those other things to, you know, learn how to be more comfortable in front of people. It's just I felt like I was supposed to. Nice. And so I did. So, um,. Did you I, learn I, your voice? Is your speaking voice like the? It's a great radio voice. Is that act, actor training? No, it's just me. And that's you. Okay, just me. You have you have a good you have a great podcast voice too, but okay. um, yeah. So <clears throat> I think early on, and actually just writing about this, I was kind of felt like it, you know that one thing would kind of make me happy or complete, whether it was a book or a person or what have you. So I'm not anymore. It's just the process and just one, letting one thing lead to another, but I'm just really trying to just enjoy the process and, and letting go of expectation when I'm finished with a, with a project, because in the past that's really brought me a lot of, um, pain and I would be depressed because I would feel like, is this a thing that's going to spring me? You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of just be joyous and, I mean, I'm proud of everything that I've done, but but just let it be what it's supposed to be. And so I'm. That's kind of what I'm going through now. So it's just just I'm just letting everything unfold, and and I have I have intentions, and uh, I hope that uh, that they come true. Yeah. No. And are you good at holding for yourself, Brian? Like, are you good at sort of like self 
encouragement when you're in, when you're facing something kind of scary? Do you have a little voice that pops in and sort of says <laughs> it's going to be okay, or do you, or is that really hard to find? <laughs> um, it's just I don't know if there's necessarily a voice there. It's just I feel I feel supported spiritually. Okay, you know whether you want to call them angels, guides, whatever. I just I just feel I've been supported on this journey, and so. I just kind of step into those uncomfortable things and um, try my best. I, th- I, I, do, I do know that I run into problems when I'm staying in my head. And, and that's caused me some issues, you know, on the show just because I, I feel like I need to, you know, come up with something snappy or inspiring or rather than just let it come from the heart. And so um, hmm. I'm just. And so when you do that, when you want to come from your heart, you notice it on the show, is it a voice in you that sort of says, just take it easy? Or is it, what is it? Is it a memory? You know, like I'm getting an idea of how you support yourself for people listening who might want to be able to support themselves when they're facing some scary shit or when they're starting to be heavy on the judgments. Do you hear it in you or do you just remember like, okay, it's going to be okay? Or how do you do it? It's a, it's a, yeah, I wish I could give you the exact thing it's it's a combination i mean it's it's just that remembrance it's also just that kind of like inner voice just kind of giving myself yeah like a little maybe pep talk to saying you know what just be yourself and, and that's all that matters and that's all that people want anyways truly you know just just people want to see other people being authentic because that gives them permission to be authentic themselves well on the and same s- vein do you have a part of you that that feels committed to protecting when you start feeling like you're getting embarrassed, do you have a part of you that, or when you're turning on yourself, do you have a part that that you have a sort of pact with that'll come in and sort of make sure you're you're balanced <laughs> or not doing that too much or something like that? Yeah, it's just it's just kind of I just it's all part of my journey. I just know that I have to I have to suck it up because I don't have. It's not like I have it. I don't I don't feel like I have a choice. If right. that makes sense, it does. I watched your TED talk again, like I told you, and you seemed (laughs) like you had, no, I think it was great about it. It was that you were doing something that you don't normally do. And like you crossed a a threshold, like I am (laughs) going to get in front of these cameras and these people and I'm going to move my mouth and I'm going to do it. And (laughs) you did a great job. And it was just, well, thanks. that seemed like an example of that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's just, I just. I'm given an opportunity and I didn't plan on doing one. Just somebody called me up out of the blue that I barely knew and he invited me and I just gulped and said yes and and then figured out how much time I had to do it with and just trusted that I would get it done. And that's kind of how it's been with everything, you know. Very nice. So, I mean, I know that maybe that's different than what other people are doing, but I mean, I definitely have, you know, fears and doubts as well, but it's just I – I don't have a choice. I have to move forward. <laughs> yeah, you walk toward them instead of away from them. It sounds like Jamie. What's your like inner? How how do you confront? Um, how do you confront fear when you meet it? And do you have an inner? Do you have a protective inner dialogue that you hear or that you experience? How does it work for you? Usually, I feel it first in my body. I'll get uh, very nervous and almost like adrenaline rush starts, mm. and then um, and then yeah, you know I. I witness myself start to go down a path in my mind that um, tries to attach a story to what I might be feeling or thinking. So in order for me to drop into my heart, like Brian's describing, I tap into this inner stillness and I remember what it feels like to really be and embody love. 
And I just come from that place of going, you know what, the grand scheme of things, and and my mind can work so quickly, you could take yourself from zero to 60 in, you know, one second. You know, so I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? I'll die. Okay, <laughs> back to my body. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's morbid, like, but it's sort of like, what have you got to lose? And I'll tell you, taking acting classes has been Are phenomenal. you taking acting classes? That's awesome. I am. That's great. I am. I started. Uh, so um, I was talking uh, with my husband not too long ago, and he was like, you should take Toastmasters or whatever because I'm doing these YouTube videos. And I was like, Toastmasters feels too stuffy. I have enough stuffiness in my own world. I can come up with my own stoic way of doing things. I need something more playful. I don't play enough. So, because I am a workaholic by trade. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, so I was like, I'm giving myself permission to do something fun and acting as a way to get on stage and get past some of those fearfulness of, of being silly, you know, to be somebody you're not. And, um, and so, yeah, I've had so much fun. I've been doing it now for eight weeks. Oh, my gosh. Does Brian give you any tips or have yeah, you talked about that? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. I'll share my fun stories because there, I, I can tell you, I am really having fun. But the acting coach has challenged me, and she gave me a really tough part two weeks ago to act out. I was a, a mother who had killed her child. Shit. <laughs> I know, heavy, heavy. How do you I tap know. into that, man? Damn. Oh. Well, Mm. Let's just say I was a I was a crying mess on the floor at the end of. Were it, you? So, mm. so yeah. like, and do they t- do they tell you if they're teaching you method or um, what? Uh, any other like, do they tell you what kind of acting they're doing? Like, uh, well, it's it's just improv. Like, I she asked me when the teacher asked me when I started. She's like, "Why are you here?" I said, "Well, I just need better public skills and speaking skills and that sort of thing." She said, "Okay, well, we do a lot of improv." Um, so but get on the floor emerging, and cry. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But what it was working was she gave me the part, and and I'm reading it with my cohort that was doing it with me. He he was the father, um, but uh, she said, "I want to see what you got." She goes, there's something here. I want to see what you have. And it, it sort of, it really overtook me. Really? Wait a minute. In that moment when she asked you and then, so then she gave you that thing. And then in that moment, by the end of it, you were on the floor crying as a mother who lost their child, killed their child. Whoa. How'd you tap into Uh, that? Seriously. (laughs) Well, the fact that I have two children helped okay. because I could really sympathize, you know, um, not that I would ever do that, obviously, but no, no, no. the idea of what this woman that I was embodying, she was suffering from postpartum depression and, you know, this young, she was stay home mom, blah, 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 you know, all these things. And then at the, and the way that the father acted out, you know, and finding it and, and it was just, I got caught up in the scene. I, wow. I just really got in the scene and, um, was and she like was a, nice did she give you a lot of praise sorry she, she get yeah she and she also gave me some feedback she said you must be really serious at your job and i said yes so she said i need more vulnerability from you ah. if you can believe that and i thought i was extremely vulnerable but i didn't bring enough sympathy for the woman there's ah. sympathy for the child but not for the woman gotcha so that was interesting feedback yeah wow so, I'd be yeah. afraid as an actor and I, and, you know, Brian, you may know this too. And Jamie, you too, that my thing I don't like is a, um, like that, the feelings that won't go away, <laughs> like whatever character I'm playing, like in there, if it's like, I hate the coworker or something, whatever it is, like a murderer that I'm going to be like, I have to 
live with the, that bringing up that emotion ugh, or that I fall in love with my co-star or something because we have a sex scene or something like damn that was good and I for, take it for real like I have no I'd be like I have no boundaries anyway go ahead Brian sorry well I was gonna say I will say I mean I know Jamie will agree I'm sure acting I mean I never really planned on acting either it just kind of happened accidentally but it's been so good for me to, you know, just learn how to be more comfortable in front of people, but just really to learn how to feel and to, um, it's like giving me permission to feel. And, and so through the classes that I've taken and some of the roles that I've had, you were really heavy and, and it was, you know, it was very cathartic mm. actually. Um, you know, there's a part of me that probably has held in some painful moments and by tapping into some of them, um, and, and letting them go on camera, it was very cathartic. And it's, it's interesting for me, I can, yeah, I can do that in a heartbeat. It's really easy for me because it just, there's parts of me that want to release, you know what I mean? So I, I, it doesn't, it's not a problem, but you know, the times that I did have to do some heavy stuff for a couple of days, it, it, I almost got sick a couple, you know, it made me tired. It really whacked me out for a couple of days. I didn't, I wasn't holding on to them you know, beyond that, but it just, it just physically made me tired. You know, that's something that Vicky, my, um, acting teacher, she, we were just talking about the whole Heath Ledger and mm, how, yes. how he had gotten so wrapped up in his character. He couldn't separate himself from it. Mm. Oh, you know? so do you see that the have something dark. to do with what happened to him? Like how that he... was her, that was her belief. Yeah. That, that a lot of his depression and darkness in, consumed him see, because I of know. the character of the Joker. Dang, yeah. that's intense. See, that's just, that's like, I mean, they asked me to play Sophie's Choice, but I, it's just too intense. I could, no, I'm just <laughs> I mean, you know, did y'all see Sophie's Choice? I mean, how you take that shit, I don't even know. That's where Meryl Streep yeah. to me was like, okay, that's just too over the top. I couldn't even be close to that. But yeah, no, that's good that you all explore like that. I love it. Okay, listen, you gave me your 90 minutes. It's amazing. I want to before, I want to wrap up with you on the, what you're doing. I want people to be able to tap into you and find find you wherever you want them to be what's up in your life that kind of thing so brian what's going on where where can people find you and you know the show etc where else though the books anything yeah. you want your accomplishments i didn't give a much of an introduction so this is a chance to do that well thanks well um you can kind of learn about a lot of different things i'm doing on my website which is gbrianbenson.com and uh, i just had a, a new children's book come out about a month and a half ago and i'm Working on a new self-help book that should be coming out this fall. Um, wow, your children's so much... book is out. What's the book name? Yeah, well, this it's called Lucy and Chester's Amazing Adventures. Love it. And who Thank illustrated yeah. it? Um, the same guy who did my first one, Paul Hernandez. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he he does a great job, and you know, um, yeah, there's just a lot of fun stuff on my website. Some of the short films that I put together, and the TEDx talk, and what have you, but. You know, and then the show, um, Let's Get Real, on Thursday mornings at 9. and um, That you do live yeah. with Jamie. And you guys, like, actually go into the room. You go into the chat room and talk to people. And so it's a good chance to, to connect. Now, do you have a service that people can call and, you know, like, like Jamie does, where they can call and get some counseling or get some psychic readings? Do you have something like that that you offer? Or is it more you're doing your books and your tours and your writing and acting? It's probably... Yeah, it's more of the latter. I mean, I am a certified coach and I'm, you know, occasionally I'll take on coaching clients, but for the most part, I'm just kind of creating right now. And, um, sweet. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show, Jamie. What's going oh, on with? Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. It was. It really was. And um, Jamie, let's let's summarize. You got so much going on. It never stops. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but let's find out. Like, what is it? And what do you want people to know? Like, where is evolving? What your hopes to do? I mean, it seems like you're going to be a teacher at the. You're going to be the director of a mystery school. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you. Yeah. So first and foremost, I love working with individuals. So you can always find me at one, two, listen.com as Yay. well as jamiedon.com if you're in the Richmond, Virginia area. So in person or over the phone. And then, um, of course I have my YouTube channel, which I have been giving little, uh, energetic updates, astro- some astrological information along with it. Um, I have to say where I'm moving towards, yes, the nine gates mystery school, I will continue to be a part of, um, one of my teachers from there, Babaji, he had asked, he had challenged us once. He said, find a path. And I was like, I don't do religion, but my path is mystery school. I've decided that's where I'm devoted. Mm. That's, that's where I devote because it's volunteer. I don't get paid. So, um, yeah, yeah. So this is my path. Um, and, um, and where I hope to go in the future, I am making the turn into fully embracing the astrological world. I don't call myself Yay. an astrologer because I don't feel grounded enough. But um, Mark introduced me to Alan Oaken, who has been a wonderful friend and, and mentor to me, and he's pushing me towards that. So. Oh, good, because you're na- you're a natural. <laughs> you really are. I love that. Yep. And I hope you stay with it. It's so funny because I, I was looking at your website. I love the quote that you have on your website today. It says, when you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced. Live your life so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. Damn, that's good. Mm. Mm. That is good. That's really good. So I was like, I'm going to make sure that everybody cries while I'm living. Is that what it was? Something like that? Oh, well, the other way around, I don't know. Anyway, listen, Jamie and Brian, you guys rock. Thanks for being my first guest. I'm so excited. I'll have this up soon, and I'll be advertising it so people can come and enjoy it. I hope you guys, let's do it again. It's, like, really fun. It's a great way to spend your time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's yeah. let's follow up. We'll get some. We'll conquer some more mysteries of the world. Thank you both for being a cool. part of this. You guys don't miss their show Thursdays at nine a.m. Pacific on Wednesday. This is Mark Hustle. Podcast. I can't wait to see more. And I'll we'll see how it goes. Okay, I'm glad these two made it safe and fun. So uh, I'm signing out. You guys have a gorgeous day, and we'll be here soon again. I don't know when, but we'll check it out. I'll let you know. Bye, everybody. Thank you. 